Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast, Support Operations Stories, all dedicated to amazing stories of our customer support leaders. And today with us is Kat Olszewski. She is the head of support and success at NAC, and she has an amazing personal story, story of origin that she would like to share with us and also speak a little bit about how that influenced some of her decisions as a leader and her style and why it's so important to bring your whole self with your entire history to work. So Kat, welcome. Hey, Olga. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. You and I chatted a few times before, and I think you have like this amazing, very electric style of communication, very engaging. So obviously, I'm very curious to find out what's the backstory behind your successful career and also your personality and the way you go about things, because you're an adventurous and, and open, it seems, but also very stable and professional all at the same time. So where did that come from? That's the question. And I'll pass it on to you. I don't know about stable. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. Um, I think to really fully grasp that, I'm going to, you know, go back a little bit. I'm going to set the mood here. <laughs> when I immigrated here in the U.S., I started out in the hospitality industry. So my first job was actually a front desk agent at the Marriott in uh, Washington, D.C. That was like my first real job, right? Like, you know, a grown-up job is what they call it. Um, I did go to college here for a little bit in Arizona, but after that, uh, my job was that that first one was in Washington, D.C. as a front desk agent. Um, actually, there was a hotel that opened here, the Hilton, the Conrad Hilton Hotel downtown, and I was there as the VIP liaison. So, it, you know, for years, it was in hospitality, and I didn't really get into customer support until later on in my career and looking at customer support and customer service and hospitality is very different, right? Because often in customer support, you don't see the person you're talking to because you're either communicating with them over the phone or over email, over live chat, whatever that now we have social media support and stuff, whereas hospitality, you're face to face with that person, right? So you can see them, you you know, their social cues, you know, their body language, and you can tailor how you handle the scenario based on that. And it's much easier to empathize when you see the person. I got married pretty young when I came here to the States. I got married young. I had a kid at a young age as well. It, it didn't last long, unfortunately. So I ended up moving out, starting everything. I didn't have any support system and uh, I was in between jobs. It was really just a tough time. It got to a point where I was almost homeless at one point. And I remember this one incident. So it was just myself and my son. I took the day off. I took him to the zoo. Like It was a good day. We were at the zoo. We were looking at animals. He loved it. He was still, I think he was only two at the time or maybe like two turning three. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just like a mommy and me day. It was really fun. But then it was lunchtime and my son was like, mom, let's go and eat. And I was like, oh, I look at I was looking at my wallet and I only had $10 left. And I spent the last money that I had to take him to the zoo. I couldn't afford to feed my son lunch at the zoo. So I was like, well, um, you know, their food here is not very good. You won't like it. Let's just go to McDonald's. So we ended up leaving. I took him to McDonald's. And then the night after that, I dropped him off his dad. I went to work. To me, internally, I was having a really bad day, but the customer doesn't need to know that. This customer doesn't care if I'm having a bad day. So I'm just going through the motions and stuff and interacting with customers. And it was really hard for me to 
empathize with customer. During that day, actually, a customer was really upset because I couldn't book them the vacation that they wanted. And in my mind, I'm like, I could barely feed my kid lunch at the zoo and I'm worrying about your vacation. And I almost snapped and then I had to just put myself on mute. I even remember I almost got fired that day because I had a customer. And then it just dawned on me, like, they don't know what I'm going through right now. Like, I went through a lot of self-pity and guilt. and But then how do you compartmentalize that so that when you go to work, yeah. you don't, that doesn't show. That one moment really has shaped a lot of the decisions I make now, or even how, how I manage a team. Um, even with my current role, I still take the time to jump in and talk with customers. Uh, I still take tickets. Just I want to be in the front lines. And it's helped me empathize more, right? When a customer is being upset at an issue, it allowed me to be like, okay, you know what? Let me put myself in their issues. Maybe they're, they also have some problems. Maybe this is a, a critical part of their project. They'll get fired if they don't do this right. Or it's much easier for me to picture that now versus before. Because that experience to me was like, I went through this. But I still went to work. Nobody knew what I was going through. The customers didn't know I was going through. Even my coworkers didn't know what I was going through. Kat, and that's really, really powerful because, of course, in customer support and success, in success and service, you always have to keep in mind that you don't know what's really going on and why somebody could be going crazy, quote-unquote, right? But yeah. also, that that gave you hell of a leadership kind of experience because now you can relate to agents so much more because now you run a big team of agents and you're the head of support, the head of customer success. You have all these people depend on you and look up to you. And I promise you somebody who lived an easy life and never really had such a really truly rough experience that you described would be very hard pressed to understand what type of challenges people on the front lines dealing with and how they have to for lack of a better word, shove it down sometimes in order to come across professional, friendly, and helpful. It's it's hard yeah. to be professional, friendly, and helpful when you're going through hell in the personal life. Right. And a lot of them do. So I think that's kind of like a big takeaway for me, at least from your story, is that I bet you you've become more of an empathetic leader as a result. Yeah, it's I completely agree there. Most of the time when you're new to leadership, your inclination is to define the fault, especially if you're managing people. You may have an agent who's out sick all the time or maybe needs uh, accommodation with their schedule. If you're new to leadership, your inclination is like, oh, why are they out sick all the time? Maybe they just don't want to work, right? It's harder for us to take a step back and fully grasp, okay, maybe they're out sick all the time because there's really stuff that's going on at home. And it's not easy to share things yeah. that are happening at home. Actually, this is the first time I'm sharing that story in public. When I was at Open Path, I shared it with the people that I worked with there. The point of it is, though it's hard, try and put yourself in their shoes because they may be going through some things at home that they can't easily talk about. Or maybe they don't even want to talk about because they're embarrassed. Like I was super, when it happened to me, I was super embarrassed. I want people to know I can't feed my son at the zoo. That's a story I don't want to just share but then as I've matured and grown up I was like oh I want people to learn from that right like it's a learning moment for me and look where I am now I've managed to rise above that and what have you but yeah I never really know because they might just be saying they're out sick but really something bigger like they taking care of a sick parent or 
they're going through foreclosure or mm-hmm. God forbid you're, they're about to lose their home and they're trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. Kat, so what is a practical implication of that? When something like this happens and you say you, you see underperformance happening, what do you do practically? Let's say I have that situation. What's the action plan there? Is it reach out more? Is it to understand the situation better? Is it give them more time? Practically speaking, like what's the best plan of action from your perspective? I've worked remotely since 2014. So my advice will apply primarily for those who work in a virtual setting. You need to know your people from the get-go. So when you're starting at a role, it's actually good to do almost like a resume. Hey, how do you want to be managed? How do you want to be communicated with? type of doc, just have them put that one together. Or if you're not comfortable with that, when you're in your one-on-one conversations, just understand how they communicate because then you can see the different ticks or the different changes in behavior. So let's say you have Olga, for example, is in your team. And then Olga's normally, hey, good morning, everybody. And then one day Olga just doesn't say good morning. And you're like, oh, you'd be proactive. And I was like, hey, I noticed you're quiet today anything I can help with, right? So you're first staying on top of that, being proactive. And then the second one is get out of the numbers. Yes, numbers are good. Data is always good. We want to based on that. So if we're seeing somebody who's maybe not performing as much, not taking as many tickets this time versus they they did last month, that's good to understand. But don't let numbers solely guide your coaching. So if you're seeing somebody who's maybe not performing to what your standards are, instead of just saying, hey, I noticed your numbers are not good this one, right? Step away from the numbers and be like, hey, how's it going? Anything I can help with? Is there any resource I can provide? If you feel comfortable enough in your relationship with them that they want to open up in a more personal manner, it's also okay to be like, hey, what's going on? What's up? I noticed (laughs) noticed you're not your normal self today. How can I help? But I think that relationship is key there. You have to lay your groundwork first in order for your people to be comfortable enough to open up to you. Yeah, Kat, we hear that time and time again. It's so interesting that so many leaders come back to that very core. And funny enough, it's also easiest and the hardest thing to do. It's, oh, it's not the numbers, it's relationships. But then, oh man, building relationship with your team and they're all different and they all have their issues and they all have struggles at different times. I think that's what differentiate true leader from just the manager. When you actually have uh, the desire and the drive and the patience to lay that groundwork. And that's the biggest lesson for me here is that lay yeah. the groundwork first. So then when the issue comes up, people feel comfortable reaching out to you and telling you the truth so that you do have the opportunity to make adjustments together. So outside of learning some very humbling story, really challenging story yeah. about your personal experiences yourself and with your child, like most, I think, really, truly challenging times once you survive it, you get to draw a lesson from it, like some experience that's really valuable. So for you, it's been basically not assuming anything about the person on the other side of the interaction, whether it's the customer or the agent themselves having a difficult day, they could be having the same day as you had many years ago. And that's a lot. There's a term called charity principle. When you apply charitable 
interpretation of your interaction. So even if somebody is really unpleasant to you, try to interpret that in a charitable way, giving them the benefit of the doubt and assume that something really difficult must be going on. And the chances are that it, it is, right? Yeah. It forces them into this interaction. That's a good advice to the agents and to the leaders of teams who manage agents. Yeah. Um, second one is really... A, groundwork just like you said groundwork for personal relationships with your team so that they feel comfortable reaching out to you when something is wrong and really you cannot go around it it's not just the numbers yeah yeah exactly you definitely nailed that in the head so a learn how to put yourself in their shoes but b find a good outlet for stress i love plants so my stress outlet is actually plants (laughs) you know i just take some time to water my plants, talk to my plants, love all my plants, whatever that looks like, whatever that is for you, find it. That way you can also get in a clearer mind space because I can easily say empathize, but then if you're stressed out, it's so much harder to empathize. So find an outlet for your stress and love empathize. Awesome. Awesome. I love that too. Kat, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. This was a wonderful story and a great experience as always. Appreciate all your wisdom and insight. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Olga. I loved it.